recorded before a live Fireside App audience, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and how do you keep saving and investing without wanting to splurge once in a while? Is frugality burnout a real thing? Joining us is the woman whose name has become a verb, a woman whose name we use in vain almost every Friday. That's right. From Smart Money Mamas, it's the Chelsea Brennan. And from the Afford Anything show, it's Paula Pant. And finally, from LenPenzo.com, it's Kevin Sorbo. I'm just kidding. He's off being Hercules somewhere. We can only get Len Penzo again. And even though you're going to have to listen to that brain trust blabber on for a while, don't worry. It'll all be worth it because we'll keep our not-so-friendly trivia competition going when I share some space-themed trivia. And now... A guy who doesn't need to be so frugal on beery stocks in the basement fridge. I mean, seriously, enough with the natty light already. It's Joe Salcihai. Hey there, stackers. Happy Friday. Do they even serve natty light anymore? I don't. Oh, yeah. D- 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 you, oh, yeah. You can still, you can still buy Go it. any college campus, Joe. <laughs> It's all you can get. Do you remember those days? Did you do these in college where you'd buy a six pack of something halfway expensive and then a case of the Natty Light? No, no. no there was the first half of that equation never happened for me. We <laughs> bought we bought Falstaff because it came in this plastic crate that was like a milk jug crate. I remember that. You used it for furniture. That's right. I mean, you could do anything with them. It, so it, it was doubled. Yeah. Talk about value for your money. Well, that's good. We're talking about being frugal today, and that's what you do. You buy false staff. And, uh, Tip number one. Yes. The show's already paying off for our that, audience. That is, is it. Hey, let's, uh, let's find out who's going to talk to us today. Uh, let's start off deep under Los Angeles, where our good friend Len Penzo, I believe, is hanging out. Here I am. What about uh, Lucky? Lucky Lager? Do you guys remember that? The the bottle caps and you'd, you'd uh, see that pop was open the bottle cap and there was the game on the inside of the bottle. That was cap. Schaefer's in the Midwest. Remember Schaefer's? Oh, really? Doug? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was lucky, lucky out 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 on the West Coast here. So, and the more you drank, the harder the puzzles got. <laughs> <laughs> they, Shocking. They, <laughs> So did you know when to stop or not? No. Was it just like a speed bump? No, it just kept going and going. Right. You got worse and worse. Uh, and from uh, an undisclosed location in the Afford Anything show, the queen of the Afford Anything show, Paula Pant is here. So once again, Schaefer's Lucky Lager. Gone. No concept. You no concept of what y'all are talking about. No idea. Paula, what no do you idea. drink? Um, Yikes. Little known I mean, fact, uh, having partied with Paula at Podcast Movement Conference, Paula Pant will drink you under the table. I guess the question is, what don't I drink? Right? That's what I was thinking that <laughs> night. I'm like, holy cow. Pa- Paula's uh, like half as tall defense. as me and, uh, and I couldn't keep up. <laughs> I will say in my defense at the end of the night, I was like, I'm going home. And you said, you are having another drink. Because <laughs> you dragged you me so to yet of- another bar. <laughs> You said it with so much authority. I immediately just shut up and I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> I was sat down. The one time Paul actually drink. listened to me was, was that night. And here, wondering if this is a podcast about alcohol or about frugality from the Smart Money Mama show, Chelsea Brennan's back. Joe, I'm just always glad when Paul is here when you invite me on because she and I miss all the same references. <laughs> That's good. You, so, <laughs> you also don't know Schaefer's or Lucky's. No, no. What do they have? (laughs) That's right. What do they have though, Chelsea, that you drink out on the, uh, in the Northeast corridor? There's gotta be some beer that you avoid. I don't actually drink alcohol, so I'm not going to be helpful to you in this discussion at all. (laughs) Absolutely. No, that's actually very good. We need more Chelsea Brennan. And for the people that the the three people on this show that have only heard your name and didn't know you were a real person, tell everybody about smart money mamas and what you do. Absolutely. So we help moms build wealth in a way that aligns with their values and pass on good lessons to their kids. Awesome. And it's so fun. And you have the blog, you have the podcast, you do all kinds. You've a, you've a group too, right? 
Oh, yeah. We have a membership community. We have a YouTube page. We are all over the place. I can't show off. I can't. I can't. I, can't, <laughs> I just can't keep up. Well, hey, we've got Chelsea here. We got Paula here. We got Len and Doug here. We're going to talk about avoiding frugal fatigue. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, let's get this party started, huh? Well, today's piece comes to us from a blog called Intentional Fi. And I absolutely love this when our producer Karen and I saw this piece, life-changing ways to avoid frugal fatigue. And man, I remember, and Len will go to you first, I remember the early days when I was trying to get my financial house in order and I would do great for like a month and then and then I would just blow myself up because I was so frustrated with, uh, you know, living on ramen and ramen and, and nothing else. Did you ever have those moments? Uh, you poor guy. Uh, yeah, I did. But you know what? I was able to, uh, you know, f- struggle through them. But yes, I totally sympathize. There were many times I wanted to uh, jump off the wagon and 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 just, you know, the heck with everything and I'm going to spend. But, but, you know, it's it all comes down to just self-discipline, you know, and, and it's and it's hard and it takes training. Well, yeah. And we're going to talk about strategies in the second half today to try to get over that hurdle. Paula, how about you? You have a time when you struggle with frugal fatigue? Oh, all the time. Constantly. Still now. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, it's it's kind of like diet and exercise. This is supposed to be a long-term lifestyle. And that means that you need to make it sustainable. And um, sometimes there can be the temptation especially when you live uh, in a digital community, in, a, in an online community where people are really into it, there can be the temptation to s- tip the scales a little too far in one direction, which means that then the pendulum kind of does have to swing a little too hard in the opposite direction before you can find your equilibrium. But that's a concept that that people, I think, like, well, like everybody on this podcast, I, I mean, all three of you have been in this game for a while, Chelsea, Len, and Paula. And, and I feel like, you see that all the time. Somebody enters our community and they're so on fire hot. And I always just keep thinking, Paula, maybe, maybe, maybe this is pretty cynical of me. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to last. There is no way this is going to last. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a different mindset when you're 10 days into a new routine versus 10 years into that routine. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. Ch- Ch- Chelsea, how about for you? Have you struggled with uh, frugal fatigue? I have. And actually, our audience comes the other way where you guys are saying you're getting people at the beginning. I tend to get people in the Smart Money Mommies audience who have tried other 
uh, financial methods, who've done the frugality thing, who've burnt out, exactly had this experience and come to us and been like, am I just bad at money? Why do I keep failing with this? So we hear this story all the time. They've already Um, been fried. I mean, they're already past this point. They are. And it really, it can really screw with your financial mindset. And, you know, Len made a comment about, you know, self-discipline. Truly, neurologically, we only have so much willpower. And so just relying on being able to tough through and live on as little as possible, like it's not going to work. It's just like diet and exercise, like Paula was saying, you've got to find something that's sustainable and actually aligns with what you want. I find that sometimes we get people who are either stuck in scarcity or um, have really lost the goal that they've made money the end in itself and not a means to an end. Who is this harder for, Chelsea? Is this harder for people on the low income end of the scale? I think it's harder for people on the low end income out of the scale because it's not a choice for them. I think there's a lot of people in the money community that we follow that it's become a game to them. And in that way, they get some relief from it, right? They could always go blow some money if they need to, and it won't actually put them in danger. Where people on the low-income side, this is just life and figuring out how to find frugal joys and find ways to not just be living hand to mouth, that's much more difficult to deal with. Len, you talk about having discipline. You said that in your answer earlier on. And and I want to ask you about that because I remember talking to David Bach when he was on the podcast and asking him about discipline. And he said something pretty interesting. He said that he thought that discipline was baloney. The key was to try to set up as many automatic things as possible because nobody has discipline. Do you believe that? Uh you know what? It's a muscle. Let's put it that way. I, I, discipline's a muscle and you've got to work it and you've got to, it's like any other muscle. If you don't try to exercise it, it will, you know, it won't work. So, um, maybe uh, when you're younger, especially you, you don't have that. You've got to work that muscle early on. And that's only can do, you only know, do that really is to practice and force yourself into positions that force that discipline. You're not going to be, you're not going to, uh, succeed all the time, right? It, but you'll get better at it over time. Um, with respect to automation, to me, that is your, that is a form of discipline. You are, you are exercising mm-hmm. your disciplinary muscle by automating, by the very act of automating. So, um, you know, that's, that's, I guess that's what I, how I'd sum that up. I agree with that, man. I feel like it's a part of knowing yourself, right? About the right. feeling the heartbeat. Absolutely. But Len, can I, can I ask a question, Joe? <laughs> yes, not of me, no, you can't. You not can't, not yes. of me, Chelsea. Let, whoa, 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 Chelsea. <laughs> Len, I want to know what your reaction is to all the people out there that have shown immense discipline, professional athletes, um, weightlifters, people who've you know gotten their PhDs are extremely talented in their craft that still struggle with discipline in this space. Because it, to me, that would indicate that there's something more at play here than discipline. Well, I you know, I, I guess, you know, if, if after – a year or two years of trying to impose the discipline on yourself and you're still not doing it, then, you know, then maybe you need, um, maybe you need a coach and I'll stick, I'll stick with the, uh, exercising, um, an analogy. Um, you know, you, when you start out, you say, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out and that's, and that's, you know, and I'm going to, you know, I need to self-discipline to do that. Well, maybe if you're falling off the wagon there and you're not going as you, you know, you want to go every other day or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or however you do it, and you're not doing that, maybe it's time. Or even if you're going, but you're, you're not seeing the results, then it's time to get a coach, right? That's maybe it's time for people who have, you know, trying to exercise the discipline and they're doing it, you know, as best they can. If they can't get over that hump, then get a coach, you know, that's just like the next phase. That's that's what I would say to that, Chelsea. I think I do. Chelsea, are you implying that that, that maybe there's some uh, some technique that people uh, haven't learned in this area that they may have learned? You know, you talked about people getting their PhDs in a different area of their life. I think that money is an inherently emotional thing. And when we look at the fact that money impacts just our basic level of security and safety as human beings, a lot of us have money blocks and money fears, especially if you grew up in extreme poverty and that's just how you think life is. The ability to build wealth isn't just discipline. It's actually changing your beliefs about money and identifying what do you want your money to do? I think sometimes, especially people in our community, will be getting out of debt because they think they're supposed to get out of debt or they'll be saving because they think they're supposed to. And that's not motivating enough to stay disciplined through it. And it's tying them back to 
what relationship with money do you want and what do you want your money to do? And then that goal becomes easier. But yeah, we find people that are highly, highly successful in other areas of their lives that are really having a, an emotional block that's causing that fatigue. It's interesting, Paula. We see people all the time that um, that do things for reasons because they think they're supposed to, right? Uh, kind mm-hmm. of uh, talking about what Chelsea's going at, which is we're checking these boxes because we think we have to. Like when I was a financial planner, people would say, well, I'm here to talk about retirement at my kid's college. And that's because those are the goals that everybody has and you think you're supposed to have. Is this more about doing it for yourself versus doing it because you think it's what other people expect you to do? Well, I think... And I'll, I'll echo the point that Chelsea made. The, the motivation needs to come from within. And that motivation can sometimes – can both be triggered by as well as blocked by um, hidden money scripts, biases, uh, emotional wounds, um, you know, all of the things that come up as a person moves through what they think they want. And so – to, your, to answer your question, Joe, yes, there is to some extent a sense of know thyself and perhaps it's uh, directionally you're chasing the wrong goal. You know, that there's uh, if, if you're going for the wrong objective, then sure, there's going to be a lot of fatigue that comes from that because you, your heart's not really in it. But beyond that, I think there's also everything that opens up along the journey to whatever objective it is that you set out. We had uh, Joyce Martyr, Dr. Joyce Martyr, on uh, a psychologist last week talking about your money scripts. Where, Paula, then along the line, do you think, like going through some of these emotional blocks that Chelsea's talking about, where does that, where does that happen? Do you try to tackle that first thing to see why you might have some of these, these habits, these bad habits? I, I think it's an ongoing thing. Like, There's never a point where you're like, all right, and within the next five and a half days, I will be emotionally whole. And so then on day six, you know, um, it's, I think it's an ongoing thing where as you move through the, the journey, the, the, the strategy, you lay out the strategy, then you lay out the tactics in support of that strategy. And as you move through that, as you're in the process of going through that on a day-to-day basis, you observe what comes up for you and work through it in the moment. So to go back to the... Um, nutrition analogy or the diet analogy, you know, you, you might, and to Len's point, you might work with a coach, right? You might work with a coach to map out how you plan to eat that week. But then as the week unfolds, you stumble upon these different emotional trigger points. Like maybe you're tired after a long day of work. Maybe you're, uh, you know, out with a bunch of friends and your friends are all eating something and you want to eat in the way that they do, even the, you know, you want to eat a bunch of fried food because that's what the whole table is eating, right? So these things, and, and you feel the sense of FOMO. So like you work through all of the emotional uh, triggers that come up as you're along the, jur- the, the journey of the week that you laid out. I want to draw attention to something. You could tell the, the discussion just got really good because Doug had his mic hot and I'm fairly certain he just cracked open a cold one to listen to this. <laughs> Well, is, but but, but, is, but, but I, I was exercising discipline, uh, emotional and uh, financial discipline, because it's a, a off-brand yeah. hundred-calorie beer. Good, 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 good deal. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chelsea, do you agree with Paula? I do agree. I think that money mindset is one of those things we're never really done working on, and sometimes you have to figure out what your triggers are. Um, we have a story from someone in our community. So we put them through the first thing they do is mindset to just start to get them to be able to identify things as they go through the journey. If you've never thought about it before, it's hard to identify, but we had a woman who every, every kind of frugal blog you go to, the first thing they tell you, right, is to cut your grocery budgets. The easiest way to save money is, is cut back on food because we all waste so much food. And so this woman was having a problem where for a week or two, she could do it. And then major binge, right? She'd, she'd buy a ton of food at the grocery store, a hundred to a thousand dollars in the grocery store. And like in like a two week period. And what we, when we got dug into it, what she figured out was that she had periods of her life as a kid where she was food insecure and they didn't have enough food. And so for her, an empty fridge or an entry pantry, that's a major trigger. And she felt really unsafe and she would go and fill up the pantry and the fridge and the freezer because even though she couldn't identify it, she would just get really, really anxious and that felt better. And so for her, fighting some of that frugal fatigue was finding ways to cut other places in her budget first Uh, while she built a better relationship with money 
And then we came back to dealing with the food because it was too fraught to deal with that thing. But she couldn't identify it until she started to really think about what was coming up for her when she was having these money anxieties. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about uh, tactics the second half. But I but I also think Chelsea, even for people without money anxieties, that's that's a really important thing because if you cut things that you absolutely love that people tell you you need to cut, like that just cuts all your motivation. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, Len, you know, I want to talk for a second about stereotypes, because if you get just a stereotypical group of dudes together and you start talking about, let's talk about our money scripts, right? You're going to see this giant eye roll of, yeah, pass. Let's, let's, let's not deal with that. No dudes are talking about that, Joe. (laughs) But let's, let's get around the campfire and, and, and talk about our money history. Well, they come money, but there's got to be a way, Len, that this, that, that you can do this as a bunch of dudes because of the fact that I do think it's important to know what that, where the hell you came from. So you know what your hangups are going to be. I guess, you know, I, I'm one of those people that I, I don't have problems talking about money at all, with, even with my friends. So, um, but you, you don't know, say, best- you don't say, Hey guys, I'm breaking the, in the, you know, at work, you're like, Hey, over lunch, you guys want to get together and let's talk about our money scripts. <laughs> Well, I, uh, you know what? Yeah. I don't know how you go about that. Get into that kind of detail. I I think that you're right. I don't know. I, and don't get me wrong. I don't think you're killing me. You're killing me, Joe. Cause I don't, you're right. I don't know how to, you're right. I wouldn't know how to even broach that kind of a topic. But when it comes to other things about money, yeah, I, I'll talk about that kind of stuff. And that's not to infer that a group of women that don't know each other well are going to do the same thing. Well, I don't. I don't know if women will do that or not. But I know guys won't do that. I'm. I'm pretty sure of that. I just thought Chelsea. I, I don't think that's a gender thing. <laughs> I think that's just a we're generally no. uncomfortable talking about both money and emotions. And that's a culture thing. as a society, and it's just it's very difficult to start those conversations. I'll say this. I, I know my. Uh, I, I, sometimes I'll ask people. I'll go, hey, would you pay for that? You know, and some people will just come out and tell me. You know, and some people get really offended. You know, yeah. when you when you, and and. You know, I can't help myself. So, when you talk you about know, like their big, big purchases, especially, I especially would big purchases. Yeah. Especially. Big yes. Purchases. Not like so a now, big, at least not like at a least big now Mac. I say, if you don't mind me asking, do you mind if I ask how much that is? And they'll either say, yes, I do. Or they'll come out and tell me. And I would sure. say, I would say it's 50, 50 kind of half will yeah. say yes. And half will say no. I don't know if this would be a, a, an opening to this kind of a conversation if you were looking to have it, but I've heard that this is a very much a Midwestern culture thing where you'll say, man, I love that coat. And a resp- a typical response from a Midwesterner will be, oh, yeah, I got it on sale and it was only, you know, 50 bucks. And it's it's like this this pride that Midwesterners yep. have to talk about how inexpensively they got something. When you didn't bring up money at all, you didn't ask them how much it was. But if if you got that kind of a response from somebody, I suppose that would be a great opening, a great doorway into that broader conversation. I, I was raised in Ohio and I do that. I, and I didn't, uh, I've never thought of that as a Midwestern thing. I just thought of it as a me thing, but perhaps that's uh, a reflection of where I grew up. Yeah, I didn't either, Paula. I'm also Midwestern and it's just what you do. And I didn't realize that it was sort of geographical. Well, hey, my parents are from Ohio, so maybe that's where I got it from. So. I knew there was a reason I didn't like you. <laughs> a first time on this show, though, guys, I just heard Paula and Doug agree on a topic. I'm not sure what the hell's going on today. There's something in the water. There's storm clouds. It brewing. only took six years. <laughs> that's right. Well, it's that magical time, everybody. Uh, all year long, we are doing a trivia competition between our three uh, long-term uh, contestants, our long-term uh, participants in the show, Len, Paula, and OG. Chelsea, I don't think you've been OG yet, have you? I have not. You've not. So it's it's you and OG. So do you want the good news or the bad news about playing the part of the OG today? Give me the bad news. All right. Well, the bad news is, is that you're in first place, which means you're going to have to kick this off. So you're not going to be Ch- Chelsea Brennan. And right. Chelsea Brennan will not be Chelsea oh, Brennan. She is not Chelsea <laughs> Brennaning anybody. <laughs> anybody today. Uh, you have 13. Uh, good news for Paula Pant. She has 11. She's in second. And it's not October yet, Paula. And you're in second. 
I'm kind of disappointed that I'm in second because that means I'm not last, which means I can't Chelsea Brennan, Chelsea Brennan. That's right. And the guy doing most it of the It didn't ch- work last time, Paul. <laughs> That's true. That was right. Uh, and Len, Len finally won last week to get his butt back in the game. <laughs> Len has tense. Yeah, and, and Paula, I'm going to remind you, you, you know, you, you had your chance to Chelsea Brennan, Chelsea Brennan last time, and you didn't. And we both paid the price. That, yes. I know. I, I was hoping to compensate for that mistake in today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all up to you, Len. We will see. All right. Doug, you ready with, uh, well, a little rant, a little trivia? Let's roll. Here we go. Stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And did you know that Kevin Sorbo was born on this date in 1958? What's that you say? You don't even know who Kevin Sorbo is? Yeah, neither did Joe. He's one of those actors where you don't know his name. And then when I say he played Hercules in that one show in the 90s, you're like, oh, yeah, now I know exactly who that dude is. Anywho, Kevin and I actually have quite a bit in common, including that we both have a couple of rockets hanging from each shoulder. Am I right? Speaking of rockets, it says here on my calendar that the first space shuttle, the Enterprise, was presented by NASA on this day in 1976. And Jeff Bezos, not to be outdone by a government-funded entity, also recently launched into space. So the question is, how much did it cost him? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can book your own interstellar trip. Jeff Bezos trivia. And I was that guy, Doug. I had no idea who Kevin Sorbo was. And then I saw the picture. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, he's dreamy. I know. Looks just like Doug. Yes, that's exactly what I was saying. So, uh, Chelsea, you're on the hot seat first. That uh, short trip into space that Mr. Bezos (laughs) had. uh, How much did that cost? Okay, so I'm trying to remember. There were many articles about all the things he could have done with that money instead of go to space. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the number was. Uh, multiple billions. Uh, I'm going to go with $4.7 billion. $4.7 billion for Chelsea. Uh, Paula. I'm going to go with a nice round $3 billion. What is that it? Yeah, I know, right? There's like <laughs> the simplicity. There's not a there's not a whole lot. Even even no, I, Chelsea had a longer r- rationale for her answer than yeah, you Joe, had. Let it go, Joe, because we're limited on time, and Len's coming up, and he's going to take like twelve minutes. Right. <laughs> what That's right. About. We do so have just, the let's just go. We do have the aerospace engineer coming up, so yes. he's gonna he's gonna figure out how much the bolts cost <laughs> in that like rocket at ship. A glacial speed. Uh, so what was, there was 3 billion. What was the other number? 4.7. Mm, that's a good, well, it's, it's a lot. I don't know, but I'm going to chill. It's either, I'm, I'm either going to Chelsea Brennan below or above. Uh, well, I'm just thinking of our launches. Some of the things that we've been caused, uh, I would, it's gotta be more than, would you say Chelsea for what? 4.7. Uh, 4.7 and a dollar billion 4.7 dollar we're we're trying to i'm i'm watching doug sit here across the table from me try to write that down (laughs) that's more dollar than 4.70001 i don't know you should have gone and a penny Yeah, if you say it's four point seven billion and forty nine cents, <laughs> that's, that's that's it. All right, well, you guys know the game. We'd love to tell you who is our champion of this week's contest, uh, but we don't play that way. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they can also be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. Oh God. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. U.S. Cellular, a company that sells phones, wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. 
Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. And Chelsea, you kick things off with 4.7 immediately to get uh, Chelsea Brennan. Oh, no. <laughs> It's it's gonna ruin your day, I'm sure. But but you still really got, there's a lot of room though between four point seven billion and three billion where Paula is. So you gotta feel all right. I do, I do. Yeah, Paula, three billion. Len seems to think our our resident uh, aerospace engineer seems to think that you might be a little on the low side. What do you think? I, I'm feeling confident because I now have the entire downside plus a, a, a smidge of the upside as well. Yeah. Are, are you saying you don't feel bad with only $3 billion? <laughs> I'm saying I have an, any number uh, that is from zero through, what is it? Uh, let's see, 4.7. 4.69 so Would that be right? It, is that, that's my birth uh, you've got a you've got a long way. So if so if he went into space for three dollars and ninety nine cents, you've got this nailed. <laughs> that's that's right. Twelve dollars was was the number. If he clicked on that little coupon option on Amazon, <laughs> he might have gotten it for that. He could have had a Groupon. Yes, right. Uh, all right. Well, there's our numbers, Len, and then you're you've got the whole upside. I'm just, you know what? It's a pleasure to, I don't, I have never been in the position to be able to Chelsea Brennan, Chelsea Brennan. I've never been in this position. So it's, it's just, it feels good whether I win or lose. Are you showing off that you're in last place? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, let's see if you're staying in last place or if you're tied with Paula or if, if, if Chelsea is going to rocket OG even further ahead. Let's see. Stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And as I was saying, Kevin Sorbo, you know, Hercules, we got more in common than I first thought. He's ripped and uh, I'm about to be. Uh, Kevin's got incredible hair uh, and unlike Len, so do I. Uh, talk about frugal. You know how much money Len saves on haircuts? How else do you think he affords all that gold? Kevin had a lucrative acting career and, you know, like I, I pretend to have a career on this podcast. I could keep going on and on about how Kevin and I are practically twins, but you probably get it. So let's get back to today's I think, trivia. I think the we definitely was, get it. That's a great idea. Let's get, get okay. back to All right. Just let me work, Joe. The question was, how much did it cost Jeff Bezos to swing into space? <laughs> In a case of what might be called premature re-entry, to be in space for a grand total of four minutes in his triumphant thrust to glory, Jeff Bezos blew a cool $5.5 billion. You think he needed a cigarette after that? Len is our winner. What? What'd you say, Doug? Len, I'm going to repeat it so that all of the globe can hear, Len is our winner. You don't hear that very often, do you, Len? No. <laughs> Once again, proving that the strategy of Chelsea Brennaning Chelsea Brennan is a, a winning strategy. Pays money. <laughs> that is. I'm taking part of the win for the strategy. That's what I'm, I'm telling myself over here. Well, Chelsea, four point seven for a leadoff, not bad. With, uh, I mean, you kind of set the mark with the first one, right? Five point five billion versus four point seven. You were within a billion dollars. <laughs> It's very close. That's 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 pretty good. Rounding like error, to, Jeff. I'd like to congratulate both Len and Paula because normally when we say Chelsea Brennan's name, we have to bleep out the middle, like in between. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea bleep Brennan. Yes. Yeah, Ch Chelsea. I don't know if you so know what job. your your inherited nick or uh, middle initial has become. I mean, I could guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not uh, F for Fantasia. 
Exactly. exactly. <laughs> can't, can't do it. And of course, Len winning and being an, an engineer in that area means he gets the honorary <laughs> from our friend Homer. Hey, uh, by the way, speaking of that, uh, uh, Taylor, who writes our show, said this whole thing reminds him of, well, a sequence. This is actually a true life thing. Uh, audio of people around the world tracking uh, Jeff Bezos's mission to space. Let's listen. Oh, no, I don't Colonel, you better take a look at this radar. <laughs> what is it, son? I don't know, sir, but it looks like a giant dick. Yeah. Take a look out of starboard. Oh, my God. It looks like a huge... Pecker! Oh, where? Wait. That's not a word. Pecker, it looks like someone's... Privates! We have reports of an unidentified flying object. It is a long, smooth shaft, complete with two balls. What is that? That looks just like an enormous... Wang! Pay attention. I was distracted by that enormous flying... Willie. Yeah. What's that? And it goes on and on. I don't know if you a guys classic. went oh, around the world there. Yes. <laughs> Little Austin Powers moment. Austin Powers. Yes. That's yeah, classic. Well, now that we've identified all of the issues around frugal fatigue and just how exhausting it can be for people, we're going to talk about tactics to hang on, treat this more like a marathon than a sprint and keep people excited on the path to financial prosperity. This half of the discussion, though, is brought to you by Magnify Money. You know, Chelsea, what happens when you head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money? It zooms in on a hundred dollar bill. It's not, not quite <laughs> swing and a miss. I like how much confidence you said that with though. That was great. No, what you find is those financial products you use every day at a brick and mortar bank. Probably not that great when you compare them to all the things now that are available online, over 92% of the stuff online rated head to head objectively at magnifymoney.com. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney. You look at checking accounts, savings accounts, CD rates, uh, different uh, short-term loan things, uh, stack of things. That's what they call it here. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney. I'm sure magnifymoney's like, thank you for not using the word, you know, and other stuff. Yeah, good, good. Effort. Well, that sounds much more useful. It does. Yeah, stuff is better than things. So, uh, Chelsea, while we have you here, let's dive into tactics now. So, if you're trying to sh- to go from this short sprint where you're just going to eat ramen and nothing else, to you know what, I need to stay with my frugal game plan for a long period of time. What's your number one tip to stay in line? Identify what your family money values are first. And by money values, I mean, what are the things that are most important to you um, that you do with your money, whether that's supporting small businesses, whether that's having good quality food, whatever it is, identify your top two or three things and build a budget around prioritizing those things and being frugal on the rest. Don't try to go frugal on 100% of your budget because that's where we get burnout. We're no longer enjoying the things we most love. And that's no fun for anybody. So it all starts with that list. What do I want to build a moat around? Yeah. Yeah. What's on your list? Uh, Supporting small businesses is a big one for us. And environmentalism is a big one for us. So we're happy to pay more if we feel like we feel better about the supply chain, where the product came from, um, or we can support a, a local community business. And so those are places that we add a little bit more padding for sure. I was, I was hoping for an answer like board games, Chelsea. So we deal with that differently. That's another, that's a whole different tip, but we actually have separate accounts just for spending money. Uh, And so our, our monthly spending money for my husband and I go into our own cards. It's kept completely separate from our budgets. And my husband will tell you he prioritizes board games on his card for sure. But that's great. Cheryl and I, very seriously, we had the same issue because for us, we had uh, problems where there were things that that she liked to buy that that would make me roll my eyes. And for her, I would come home with a new game and she'd go, really? So th- that helped us avoid some of that judgment. When you're budgeting with somebody else, having that, uh, that, that little, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, Chelsea, an allowance plan really, really helps. Yeah, having that spending money helps a lot. What we also were finding was that we couldn't surprise each other with gifts because we sit down to do the budget every week. And we'd be like, wait, where did you buy at this store? Exactly. And so that stunk. Yep. You can surprise me, though, if you want. 
Okay. Done. It'll be genuine. Uh, 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 Len, how about you? Uh, your biggest tip to, to play the long game here and avoid financial fatigue. Well, uh, I got two. One's the ironic. It's the irony of ironies, and it's to splurge. Don't be afraid to splurge. Um, you've got to do it at some point. And the way we did it is we had a mad money fund in the budget. So we would, you know, part that money would part of that money would go into the mad money fund every week. And at the end of the month, there would be enough in there for us to usually do something to splurge with, especially when we were first getting started. I remember we first bought our our, our current house here and we were really extended. And and we went through a couple of years where we, you know, we needed that splurge at the end of the month with the the, the, the meager amount of money we had left uh, to at least keep us from going absolutely crazy. The other thing is, uh, I, and I'm huge on this, is, is you've got to have the big picture and Part of that big picture requires a, a strategic plan where you at least look out into the future at least three or four years and try to identify what are those big ticket items uh, that you goals that you want to have. And that kind of gives you the motivation for why you're being frugal in the first place. Right. So it, it's kind of those two things. I love that idea. And two things, Len. Number one, on your first tip to have those splurges. If you don't have them, they will create themselves, right? Uh, uh, I've found, in an uncontrolled, in an uncontrolled yes. manner. Yeah, it'll be yeah. way, way, way worse. Like you, yes. you, you go, man. We've had nothing but, you know, going back to my same analogy, we've had nothing but ramen for three weeks. I'm going to go buy a big screen TV to celebrate. <laughs> You know, and I can't afford it. And now I'm buying it on credit and I, and I wreck the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Just absolutely. We would do that. And then the second thing, I, th- th- I love your idea about the big goals because I think about uh, Stephen Covey talking about a family mission statement. This is powerful if you're budgeting by yourself or with somebody else. Like I don't think often as individuals, we think about our mission and what are we trying to do long-term? What are our goals? And being able to set up these long-term things you want to do and then backing them down so that every year, every six months, you have a, 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 a milestone you're trying to meet you know, um, you can celebrate those short-term milestones. So you're like, Hey, we're one 18th of the way to this X big thing, you know, whatever it might be. Cause I remember when we were, like I said, when we were younger and it was, I mean, it was hard. And I remember like, we wanted to go see, for example, uh, the honeybees parents on the East coast, you know, we couldn't go every year. We had to literally in the strategic plan say, well, that's going to be in two years. We're going to have enough money saved up that we can even get out there. You know what I'm saying? So th- that just gave you something that gave you a reason to be frugal in the other areas. Yeah. So, so good. Paula, how about you? So I would also have two pointers or two suggestions. One is to be very clear about what matters to you and what doesn't. This references back to what we were talking about, what you think you're supposed to want. Um, you know, the, keeping up with the Joneses type of a thing versus what you actually want. So be really clear about what's a priority and what's not, even if it's socially strange. For example, it might be the case that travel is really important to you, but clothing is not. And maybe you live in a community where mo- for most people, that's the opposite. But if that's what matters to you, then that's what matters. And so that that clarity of priority is tip number one. Tip number two is to, and this may sound counterintuitive, to recognize that you will go through or you're likely to go through phases in which there might be a month or two where there's some some tiny splurge that normally you don't care that much about, but just for a month or two, you're kind of curious about it and, and let yourself do that. So for example, it might be, uh, I'll pull an example from my own life. I'm really happy making coffee at home every day. I know that's a cliche, but I'm super happy doing that. But Every once in a while, I'll go through a phase for like two weeks where I'm like, you know, I just I just want to walk to Starbucks and I want the experience of like putting on my shoes and going on that walk and interacting with people. And so I'll go through a phase where um, I do that for a while and then I'm over it. And so allowing myself to have those deviations from the norm, even though the thing is not a priority, just allowing myself to engage in that short term, I think that helps a lot too, because then you're not really feeling deprivation. Again, so many similarities. Doug has the same thing, Paula. Every 23 hours, he thinks about getting a donut and then it goes away. 
he goes and experiments with that and 23 hours he's fine and then he goes and gets another one the next day mm, donuts hey, hey paul is would, would you like starbucks starbucks better or dunkin donuts Oh, I like Starbucks better, but there's a Dunkin' Donuts that's closer oh, to me, so it's more I'm convenient. A, I'm a Dunkin' Donuts Dunkin' Donuts guy. is so much better. Paula, no, you're so gosh. wrong. No. So, so, so wrong. It's ridiculous. It is. We just jumped the shark. <laughs> Chelsea, weigh in. Guys, I'm back again being the, the party pooper. I don't drink coffee, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, this is a bot. She's a bot. It's all right. <laughs> Uh, I don't do liquids in general. No liquids for me. I uh, stay away from those. Yeah. I just need a clean 220 power source. Around here. <laughs> How about that? All right. Uh, uh, Paula, it's interesting though, what you're saying about, about, about getting, about getting clarity around what you want. But I really like that last idea. I mean, I was joking about it, but I love this idea of experimenting because I feel like that also keeps your budget a little fun, right? Mm -hmm. It keeps it a little interesting and it's not so static in state. I think part of the reason people bust their budget is they're like, man, this was me three months ago. This isn't me today. Right, exactly. And once again, to go to the food analogy, if you're eating the same meal every day, or, or even if you're eating the same meal plan every week or every two weeks, you might be able to sustain that for a month or two, but after a while, it's going to start to get boring. So you want a little bit of variety. And so I think the same thing is true uh, of the ways in which we spend. I mean, maybe maybe going to a movie theater and, and you know buying a ticket and, and watching a movie in a theater is typically not important to you in the long run, but there might just be like a, you know, a one month period of your life where you're like, I want to go to the movies twice a week for this month. Um, and that's fine. You know, that's, uh, that's what allows you to, uh, to be a dynamic person. What if it's at the detriment though, of those long-term goals, like Len was talking about earlier? I mean, I, I think if you wanted to be rigorous about it, the way to do it would be to budget a to to create a space in your budget for novelty, and then whatever strikes your fancy that fits into that category of novelty or aberration, um, that fits into that element of your budget. I think that's the way to do it if you wanted to to be regimented about it. Chelsea, some of these solutions that we're talking about really are are nice when you can flexibly have a splurge fund or you can have more money to reach a goal. But we were talking earlier about this being more frustrating for people that have very little money. And like you said earlier, sometimes it's not a choice. So if I can't have that splurge fund, I can't celebrate the wins by taking myself out for that disgusting Starbucks like Paula talks about versus the awesome Dunkin' Donuts like Len and I are talking about. What, 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 do, we, what do we do instead? Yeah. So one of the things we recommend doing is having a frugal fun list. So sitting down, especially if you have kids involving them in this discussion, or what are the things that you love to do? What are the things you love to feel as a family? Do you like outdoors? Do you like to feel connected? Do you like reading? And then try to brainstorm some things that you can do that aren't expensive or that are free and really put as much variety on this as possible, right? Like our library does monthly movie nights, outdoor movie nights in the summer. And so we put that on the list or hikes in different places or geocaching or really just make as many ideas as you can on that list that you all love to do. And what we find is that a lot of times people have forgotten most of those things or they love them, but they only do them once or twice a year because it falls to the back of their mind or the back of their schedule. And so writing down as many of those things that you can that bring you joy, that bring you kind of the feelings that you want as an individual and as a family and having that to flip to when you're feeling like you really need something. And we recommend splitting it up into kind of like a free low cost, moderate cost, like three columns so that you, if you really have no money in the budget that month, you can just look at the free things and not feel deprived um, and, and step it up. Having some kind of sinking fund as well, which I think both Len and Paula were talking about, where maybe you can only put five bucks into it a month, but it means that every couple months you get to go to the movies or do something. That can help as well, but it is very frustrating when you're living um, on, a, on a very low budget, and then it's really the conversation comes to thinking about how we can earn more. One of the tips, Chelsea, on this list at the blog post, Intentional Fine, we'll link to it on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com, is there more money? And I know that sometimes I would meet with people back when I was a financial planner and I would say, hey, you are budgeted to the bone. This is just about finding ways to make more. How often does that enter into the conversation? 
I think this is a stage of life question. I think that sometimes it's really easy to say, pick up a side hustle, pick up a second job in a vacuum. Uh, but when you're talking to parents of young kids, when you're talking to somebody, a single parent who doesn't have as much coverage or flexibility, that's not always the best option. And so typically the question is, you know, we have people do a schedule audit first, like for one week, track your time. Where, what do you spend the most time doing? Do you actually find that you spend 10 hours a week watching TV? And is there a better use of that? Could we find a way to make some more money or you know, do some extra training to try to get a raise in the job that you're in? If you're truly strapped in both money and schedule, then it's a question of, okay, are there other resources out there to help you? Len, uh, there's another uh, option on this list, options, not the right word. Another, another point on this list that I feel like you and I have talked about a lot that I think that we, we need to address here, which is surround yourself with like-minded people. I feel like that's something that you've done really well over your career. Yes. And it does make life a lot really easy. You know, I see my daughter, she's got the same money mindset as, as, uh, me and, and her mom. Um, but her friends, I think to almost a person, her, her close group knit friends, they are, boy, they are money spenders like crazy. And, and I see how it stresses her out when she goes out, um, when they have – around Christmas time, you know, they say, hey, let's get a gift for so-and-so. And they, they say, you know, everybody chip in, you know, $50 a piece for a gift for so-and-so. And my daughter's like, you know – I dad, I don't want to spend $50 for just, if I don't spend that, you know, on my own family, you know, and, and her friends are pressuring her. So yes, it's very important. And I have to coach her through that. I have to talk her through those, those issues she has with her friends. So, well, wait, you can't leave us there. So on that, on that one, how do you coach her out of it? I, I tell her you got to be upfront and you got to say, I don't spend that much money on my family, you know, for a family member. And you're asking me to spend that much money on a friend who I love dearly, but I don't have that money to spend on them. And so I can give you X dollars, you know, and that's the best I can do. And, you know, hopefully that is good enough. And and, so. and, and was it? Actually, it was not. It was not so, good enough. No, it, no. I, I, Joe, I'm telling you, it, it is, this is, this is serious. I mean, sure. When you're not when you're not around like-minded people. What they did is they went around her. They just they got the gift and they excluded her. Yeah. So you know that it, that's life. I guess you just have to you know then then the counseling comes after. It's like you did the right thing. You know don't and she was upset and yeah. But you know that's the way it goes. Man, man, that's yeah. hard. Yep. Uh, uh, let's go through our takeaways from this. So if anybody here is struggling with, uh, financial frugality, we'll let our guest of honor go last. Uh, Paula, why don't you go first here? Uh, what's our takeaway? I would say one of the big takeaways is to understand that you're in this for the long haul. It's a marathon. It's a lifestyle. And in order to be successful at it, you need to understand what your emotional triggers are and you need to build a budget um, slash money plan that you can that's not just temporary but that you can sustain for decades to come the, the numbers may change but the ethos of the plan yeah. is a lifestyle yeah uh, len uh frugal fatigue is it's real and you have to keep in mind the problem with that is you have to remember that life in the at the end of it, when it's all said that life is for living right um and we can't forget that uh, I mean, it's good to be frugal and save and, and pinch pennies when you, you know, for, for bigger things down the road to retirement, but life is for living and you have to remember to splurge occasionally or you're going to, you're going to drive yourself nutty and you're going to probably going to fail at being frugal in the end. Chelsea Brennan, you got the last word. I'd say first identify what go back to identifying what's important to you and making space for that in your budget. Like Linton said, life is for living and make sure you have your most important things covered. The second thing to remember is that your budget is a living thing. There is no one fixed budget that is going to work month in and month out for the rest of your life and be willing to sit back and revisit what categories need to move um, to stay in line with your goals, but to give you space where you need space in those seasons. Hey, let's go around and find out what's happening where all you, you work and we'll let our guest of honor, Chelsea, uh, end the day here. Len, what's happening at lenpencil.com? I've got uh, 
18 hacks for buying home, life, and auto insurance. Yes, something oh. actually you can use at lenpenzo.com and save a little money. Those are great, great, great tips too. To just being able to save some money on those. And you know what? Save. It's actually very easy to save money in those areas I've found for a lot of people. Yeah, there's a, it's a lot of things that people are like, why didn't I think of that? You yep. know, it's really some simple stuff. Missing out and, and just a few minutes of work. And that's it, lenpenzo.com. Paula Pant, thanks for playing again this week, my friend. What's happening at Afford Anything? On the Afford Anything podcast, we are airing four episodes that talk about the four pillars of FIRE, as I define them, financial psychology, investing, real estate, and entrepreneurship. So we have an interview with Morgan Housel. It originally aired in April 2018. It's all about how to have a competitive edge as an investor. Uh, that represents the letter I. And then we've got an interview with uh, Rich Carey, who bought 20 rental properties, uh, sing- 20 single-family homes, free and clear, while he was stationed in the military in South Korea. Wow. Um, so we've got both of those representing the letter I and the letter R on the Afford Anything podcast. Two amazing great bra- brains and uh, Rich with an amazing story. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff over at Afford Anything. Chelsea Brennan, so fun as usual. Thanks a ton for hanging out with us. It's great to be back. I was so, so excited that uh, that we we got you back. What's going on at, well, I don't know, the smart money. You tell me which one you want to talk about. You want to talk about the <laughs> podcast, about the blog, about your group? Hell. I'll tell you guys that we have a free workbook, the Family Money Values Workbook, to help you kind of identify with your partner, if you have one, with your kids, if you have them, um, what your family money values are to kind of start that journey on the right foot. That kind of fits into what we're doing today. So I figured I'd I'd let you guys know. So you could find that at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash SB. Awesome. And you know what? We will link to that on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. All right, that's going to do it for today, kids. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us here on Fireside. Glad glad you got to hang out. And I love some of the chatter going on uh, behind the scenes here, listening to, watching people uh, comment about, uh, mostly about Doug, it, it looks like. You got it from here, speaking to Doug. What should we have learned today, man? I'll tell you what you should have learned today. First, take a lesson from our roundtable. Don't beat yourself up over your financial mistakes. The key is to incrementally improve, so stick with it. Second, don't be surprised if someone from Ohio tells you how much they saved when they bought something. You should congratulate them. I mean, after all, they don't have much else to get excited about living in Ohio. But the big lesson... $5.5 $5.5 billion for Jeff Bezos to insert himself into space? I swear for that much, I could probably blast the El Camino into space and it, it would look so much less red rockety. Venmo be the cash, Jeff. Let's see if we can pull this baby off. To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. For more from Paula Pant, check out the Afford Anything podcast. For Len Penzo, head over to lenpenzo.com forward slash hair club for men. After all, he's not just a client. He's the president. And last but not least, to read or listen to the latest from Chelsea Brennan, just go over to smartmoneymamas.com. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. If you're new here, what happens in the after show stays in the after show. And we didn't lose anybody in the live fireside studio, but by the way, could not figure out my music again. Someday we're going to do this live thing and I'll do it without, without, uh, without messing it up, but nice job. 
by our whole team here. Hey, uh, for the after show, what I want to do, and if anybody in the audience has one to share too, we'd love to hear yours. Uh, there's, there have been times in my life where I really need to be frugal for an amount of time and then I would blow it. You know, we talked uh, earlier, Len, about when I used that analogy about buying the big screen TV. The big thing I really did was I convinced myself that I needed to use my student loan money to buy myself a, a computer. Nice. But, but not a computer to, to write. You know, I said I needed to write papers, but it had to have a really good graphics processor. Graphics. So I could play some uh, Railroad yes. Tycoon. Yes. And awesome. uh, that 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 sank my, I was so good before that. And I just sank myself. And I'd love, I'd love it if you guys have stories of maybe when you might've sank yours, sunk, sunk, sank, sank, be sunked. I don't know. Len, <laughs> Len, did you ever sink your plan? Uh, actually, I never did. <laughs> it's such a- no, I didn't. But I'm going to share something with you, anyways. What the hey? It's it's a big splurge I just did, and, and it got I got I, I was I saved myself. It, it I Hall and Oates is coming out to uh, California here at the end of the end of. The Wait month. a minute, hold on, Chelsea. Do you know who Hall and Oates are? I mean, I've heard the name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, I know. They're telling you she's there. not human. There. She is not a human. <laughs> yes. Well, I absolutely, I absolutely love those she's guys. A I've seen them, seen them a bunch of times. But this time, I, I noticed there were some front row seats available. And so I said, I said, ah, oh, F it. We're, we're, we're doing it front row. And I plucked down, I think it was 4200 bucks for- What? For, yeah, for front oh row center. God. Front row center. Wow. Got, Got Scored the tickets. And in, and other, then, and in other news- and, and I felt bad. I felt sick to my stomach for about oh, 10 seconds. And then everything was fine. But, Len, then, but then what happens is- the 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 uh, they canceled a week's worth of shows in at the beginning part of uh, October when my and what, my show was one of the three shows they canceled and so oh. it, it it's 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 done deal I've I've lost the front row I don't have the ch- chance for the front row but I did save forty two hundred dollars now so you got the that money feels back, good right? I feel like I made money actually you know I feel like I made forty two hundred bucks in other news Len doesn't have to push back his retirement three years to go see <laughs> <laughs> to go see all notes. <laughs> Len, I once we went to a Weird Al concert and I intentionally looked for the most expensive tickets I could find and the most expensive were like, I don't know, 150 bucks. <laughs> well, hey, hey, look, this, that's, that's a lot to unpack, Paula. You <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, I know there's just so much there. I wasted this on Len earlier. <laughs> I can't believe I, I wasted my nerd on Len. Have you heard the song "White and Nerdy"? Because I can, uh, I can recite it word for word. <laughs> well, I'll Joe, tell you, he went to my, Joe, stop he went everything. To my Let her do this. <laughs> yes, he, Let her he, do he graduated this. from my college, Paula, from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. He actually oh, wow. recorded in the, one of the restrooms there. Does he? Does Paula, he ever go, go back and deliver the graduation, like the commencement address? I don't. I, you know what? I don't know. I'm sure he. I'm sure he has. <laughs> okay, Paula. Oh. I guess I, I should have a story, shouldn't I? No, um, no. We no, want to no, hear no, what no, no. You're no. singing that song, baby. Yes. I like how she tries to go right around it. <laughs> I mean, I blow my budget all the time. Okay, but I'll tell you a, a specific one. Oh. Um, a, God. We don't care, Paula. We don't care. The song. All we want is the, song. the words to the song. <laughs> um, so I have a pet turtle. I got a really nice turtle tank. Like, I could have gotten one on Craigslist for... <laughs> Uh, $350 or so. I have like the creme de la turtle tank creme. Creme de la turtle tank. Every day Joffrey's like, you know, this is some badass swimming I get to do in this tank. Exactly. I'm thinking of it because I'm watching him swim right now. He's like swimming as hard as he can against the glass edge, like thinking maybe if he just paddles hard enough, the glass will break through. So, but it's a gorgeous <laughs> tank. It's, it's a statement piece in my living room. And uh, I don't regret it for a second. When we record Afford Anything episodes, I can always see it over Paula's shoulder. And Jeffrey the turtle must have the strongest quads of, of any turtle. That thing is that, that thing is paddling for his life all day long. <laughs> yes, you could have given absolutely. him a little island or something, Paula. Oh, yeah, he, he does. He has a floating dock. Oh, does he? I have a, I, where I'm sitting, <laughs> I can't dock. see it. I always thought you just made him paddle. 
<laughs> yes, no, he, he has a floating dock and a UV light. He's, he's got the works. A UV light. Chelsea, have you spent a bunch of money on a UV light for your turtle? I haven't, and I've been on mute because it's bedtime and my kids are getting increasingly loud. Oh, I can hear it. Put them to bed. So on an on-topic way that we uh, have splurged, we were keeping their room very plain for a while just until they expressed more interests, but they were getting up in the middle of the night and coming into our bed excessively (laughs) during the pandemic. And so we went to Target of all places and splurged so much on like Marvel superhero sheets and decorations and are like stay in this room look how cool it is didn't work but um that was the last like big splurge you know doug did that with his room too <laughs> no that's listen it. guys their We're favorite superhero is group okay of all oh. of them they've chosen groups <laughs> nice nice well stackers the show might be over but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life, and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.